Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Hello, my name's Mark Billingham and welcome to A Stab in the Dark, the UK TV crime podcast that invites some of the biggest names from the worlds of crime fiction and TV crime drama to come down to the station for a nice cup of tea and an intimate grilling. Now, we've talked to some real heavyweights from the genre on the podcast in the past, everyone from Ian Rankin, Patricia Cornwell, Lee Child and Val McDermott, to David Morrissey, Sherilyn Fenn and Mark Gatiss, who all gave us valuable insights into their craft. And we're not stopping now. Oh, dearie me, no. Now, regular listeners will know that every once in a while we like to let our producer and our man with the spyglass, Paul Hirons, out of our dark incident room and into the big wide world. So I'm going to hand over to Paul, who recently went to meet Sophia Helene, star of fantastic Scandinois The Bridge, on her promotional tour of the UK. We're very excited about this. So, Paul, it's over to you. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Yes, I'm here with Sophia Helene, the fantastic star of The Bridge. Sophia, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you, and thanks for spending the time with us this morning. Thank you. Now, um, we are sadly at the end of this extraordinary series. Um, And I read that you and your co-star, Ture Lindhart, each received a hammock for your summer houses as a gift. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. Wow. He's got a blue one and I got a white one. one. And we send each other pictures hanging in that uh, during the summer. So why why a hammock then, do you think? Uh, I think the production knew that we both bought each other, ourselves, a summer house. Uh, I bought one on on the uh, little island outside Stockholm and he bought one outside Copenhagen. So these are per- perfect for this. Perfect. You, you Nordic people, this is something I really admire. I've, I've been lucky enough to spend some time in uh, Finland and Norway and Denmark. Not Sweden yet, though. That's mm-hmm. on my list. Um, you just have the best lifestyle. It's all summer houses and lakes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I know that's probably not true all year round with the darkness and the snow. But yeah. um, how does Sophia, Helene and her family spend midsummer, for instance? Yeah, now since we have this little summer house, we are at our summer house <laughs> okay. with the friends and we it's in a little village on an island and there is a, a big um, midsummer feast yeah, yeah. and uh, we're dancing around the, you know, the thing. The poles. Bowl thing. with yeah, yeah. flowers and things <laughs> and, and we are making a song called Little Frogs and okay. yeah. And there's probably sauna, and there's probably grilled fish, and there's beer, and there's strawberries from the, the first strawberries. Yeah, of the summer. yeah. Oh, it sounds brilliant. It is lovely. I mean, we live for the summers. <laughs> yes, that's what we're all looking forward for. And we are our vacation in the summer is also very long. Right. Yeah. So so it tends to be like the whole Sweden just stops in the summer. You really make the and most then, of it, right? Yeah, we try to, but but then in the winter time, it's it is like a bit like the bridge actually. Okay. Really dark <laughs> and grey and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a point to me asking that question, not 
not just because of hammocks and mm. summer and all that, although it sounds amazing. Um, it, Saga seems like quite a demanding role, and mm. I'm interested how you unprocess or kind of unwind after each series. Is that just kind of spending time with your family and taking a break? Are you good at kind of distancing yourself from roles? Or with Saga, is is that someone that kind of gets under your skin a little bit? I'm interested. Yeah, she gets under my skin also because it's it's, it's such... I mean, I, 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 we've done 38 hours of with her. So, of course, she gets under my skin. And it's very demanding to be her because she's very fast she thinks very fast and she's very unlike me so I have to think in in a completely different way and then I I, I used to describe it as wearing a cement costume because right. it's it's like the pressure on my body is really really strong so afterward I feel like you know like a balloon going up <laughs> to the <laughs> air a little bit <laughs> I mean I, I wanted to ask you about that because yeah. I, I think I saw an interview on a previous launch a few mm-hmm. years back uh, where you were talking about the the kind of physical transformation that you have to go under when you when you become Saga because she wears these big heavy leather trousers the big coat and it's almost kind of quite a masculine way of 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 walking can you tell us a little bit about that and how you prepare and how that came about actually yeah the look and the feel of saga yeah i quite early on in the process i i had the sense that i'm not going to move my hips a lot right so i started walking like that yeah i tried that and then then uh, i also i i i've been exercising uh, by walking or running while doing the lines in order to get the speed oh, wow. into my body. yeah. So it's getting speed into your body? <laughs> or into the I language you mean, and, though, you know, yeah. to the way of thinking and moving the eyes like yeah. this really fast. Because I think I'm more of a floating person right? Uh, f- f- who, from who I am. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and it's also a matter of discipline and efficiency and... It's like going into a kind of a tunnel of just, uh, you know, having a goal to go to. And and you mentioned that um, it's almost with Saga, there's not only an economy of language, Mm. there's an economy of movement as well, as you say. Yeah. Um, Is that kind of emotionally draining? You have to teach yourself to kind of act and respond to people in that way how difficult was that when you first started yeah it, it was really difficult to begin with because uh, uh, it's every, acting is so much about receiving and giving all the time and this is the person who cannot give and receive so we started trying out with with her not able to look people in the eyes but then we figured that's too difficult because people yeah. want to look in the eyes so then we thought maybe she really really tries to look people in the eyes very very hard <laughs> so she's doing a bit too much of that so to begin with it was very hard to 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 get into her way of thinking but then when i turned everything back upside down and inside out yeah. it was suddenly very clear and and uh, easy yeah and uh, as you but as you say though acting is kind of all about giving yeah pro- and giving projecting uh, and and yet Saga is, you know, yeah. very almost blank. Almost. Yeah, so it was hard to begin with since I realized I cannot give anything or receive anything yeah. uh, as an actor. And I felt very rude to my 
my colleagues. <laughs> but then lovely uh, Kim Bodnia started laughing at, at right. Saga and that really helped. Yeah. So, so, and, but it's been a journey to, to comfort to people who are coming into the show to just do one or two days and yeah. to, to give them courage to, to play against a person who doesn't give anything. Yeah. How do they find that then? If they come in just for one or two days, they're used to yeah. different jobs and, you know, acting, as you say, it's, it's yeah. all about the relationship between two yeah. actors. And then they meet Saga and nothing. You know, yeah. do they, does it freak them out? <laughs> yeah, a bit. They get insecure. <laughs> right. And but and then so I, it's like I'm playing two parts on set, the nice and welcoming colleague yes. and then saga yeah so it's a responsibility that I, I have to think about and and sometimes it's hard for them not to laugh also because it's it is absurd with, yeah. with her sometimes well that's it because there is quite a lot of comedy in yeah in the bridge um but let's face it saga has a version of autism or it's never been kind of explicitly revealed has it but she's she shows the the traits of say autism or asperger's or something around in that area um is it was that kind of quite difficult to get your head around to begin with when you first read the character yeah was that quite difficult it was and and uh, i was annoyed with her and and irritated and i couldn't i couldn't get into her world but but through as i said thinking the other way around and and then it was actually helpful that I couldn't understand Danish to begin with. So when when the first when the director Charlotte Sealing and Kim Bodnia was talking, I was like behind a glass wall, and ah. that was so helpful because I could see something was going on between them, and I didn't get it. And that's the way she she Absolutely. has. That's the way she her everyday life is. And that it was such a beautiful relationship between Saga and Martin. I know mm. you guys hate talking about Martin and no. what happened to get. Oh, really? Okay. No. Um, but, but there was such a great rapport. But the characters were great. They were polar opposites, weren't they? So, uh, and that would because she Saga almost failed to understand Martin's emotion mm. uh, about things when he cried. She was like, what? what why, why are you doing that you know mm. um so there was such a, a lovely kind of relationship between between you guys how long does it take to to kind of form a character when she has these different affectations you mu must have worked very hard on on her personality and getting into it yeah would that be would that be fair to say yeah yeah i, I studied people with asperger's i i went out to try to be like her and mm -hmm. see the way other people reacted That's to me. Well, just kind of down the street or yeah, in the shops just or... just shopping or just... Regular day-to-day yeah. -day yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what happens is that you get very lonely and and I quite quickly realised that she lacks love in her life. So that became my goal for her, to have... How can she get love? Yeah. And, uh, but but... What, what I realized is that other people, when you don't confirm that I, I, I tend, I mean, when you and me talk, I nod a little bit. I send yeah. you like. Yeah, we confirming. smile, we nod, we yeah. have these little conversational yeah. things, don't we? Yeah, and it's, we don't think about that because it's normal. But when you, when you don't have it at all, you get uninterested of the other person or insecure or uncomfortable. So people just look the other way. Yeah, 
yeah and i think that's what we kind of love about and that's what we want desperately for saga to pull through i think Mm. that's what really attracts people to the bridge and the character you desperately want her to succeed because you want her to find love you want her to to make friends somehow anyway so i think the bridge has been almost like a rites of passage for Saga, you know. Mm. Uh, but we'll come on to that in a bit. So with all that in mind, it, it's hard. Um, I'm sure you're, you've got mixed feelings about leaving Saga behind, although she's probably still in here. I'm kind of patting my chest and my heart at the moment. Um, did you take much persuading to, to come back for this fourth series? Not much. No? <laughs> no. Uh, when, when they presented the theme that is identity uh, and... I guess they know me, so they know that's my main interest <laughs> in life. I was so completely, yeah. So I, I wanted, okay. to, yeah, I wanted to do it. Yeah, and I mean, did, did and obviously the story must have been important, but it was mm. that theme of identity. Yeah. And yeah. we've just been talking off mic. We went. I was lucky enough to go to the screening of the first episode last night, and things have almost Henrik and Saga have been kind of almost stripped away of everything. Henrik, his mm. family which we saw in season three. Mm. And now Saga, I'm not sure how much to say in, in this without giving too much away, but we see Saga in a very unusual situation Yeah, where um, she's finding it difficult to cope because she's not got a kind of usual stuff around her. Things can't be ordered like she likes. Um, so it's almost kind of stripping everything away and starting again. Is it? Would that be right? Yeah, she, she her whole identity is taken away from her. Yeah. So she doesn't know who she is, why she lives, what's the meaning of anything, uh, and she's just completely lost yeah. in life. Yeah. And that's very interesting. And again, her vulnerability yeah. kind of makes her just want to give her a big cuddle. And yeah. kind of, although I'm sure she'd hate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she'd hate it. Yeah. Um, so what what can you say about this fourth series? We know that it's going to be about identity. Yeah. About finding who... I mean, there's some big questions in this series yeah. I, I've been reading. Yeah. And certainly the first episode seems to suggest that you'll be exploring some really kind of meaty issues about kind of oneself um what what can you say though about the fourth series that all that kind of stuff is underlying but there is a Mm. kind of a a procedural investigating case that you guys are are undertaking aren't you yes of course there's a very exciting and and terrifying uh, crime plot during the whole season but Mm. the overall identity theme also it works on a bigger level as a society can we say that someone can be in, someone can be out? That very big question that we are struggling with at the moment in Sweden, in Denmark, in Europe, in the world. Yeah. Because we try to keep people out. Yeah. And saying it's them and us. And the bridge itself, the yeah. Orison Bridge, have I pronounced that correctly? Yeah. Um, um I mean, it kind of brought nations to two nations together. Yeah. But I understand there are kind of border checks and things like that now. So it's kind of... Even the dynamic of the bridge itself has changed over yeah. these kind of years. Just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been it's really a sad story. When we started, uh, the bridge was something that united us, that made us feel very close to the continent, and uh, gave us possibilities to to join. And uh, it felt like the region was growing together. But now, since um, two thousand and fifteen, the border is closed, and you have to show your 
passport while going into Sweden and also the different ways of coping with the refugee situation has torn our part, uh, dif- uh, countries apart a bit. Yeah. So it's very sad and tensed mm. um, as it is in the world. So once again, the bridge, as you say, has this exciting kind of whodunit kind of serial yeah. killer murder yeah, thing going absolutely. on, which we, we all get very addicted to yeah. when I find out who did it. Uh, but it's got Hans Rosenfeld loves what he calls the second story, right? Mm. The kind of social commentary. So, mm. so that is that's here in this series as well. And it's it's also a bit. The, I'm most proud of this season, really, the fourth season, because it's also so much about the characters and their relationships, mm-hmm. and that's that's what interests me as an yeah, actor, as an of actor, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested, as I say. I, I, I went to the screening last night and it was a packed auditorium. Mm. You got a fantastic response from people. When you go to different territories, when you launch the show, like, say, to Germany, Spain, England, wherever, do you still have to kind of pinch yourself to remind yourself that you're not dreaming? This is Mm. a global phenomenon, I would say, and it's inspired different countries to to launch their versions as Mm. well. Um, Do you still have to kind of think, ooh, this is actually real, it's happening. Yeah, I do. I, I, I tend to forget and then I realise, oh my, is, is this really true? <laughs> and then I, I said to someone yesterday, it's like when you, you think about your children's, when they when they were small, you have the feeling that, oh, was I really present? Do, do I really, <laughs> was I really there when this all this happened? And because uh, now it's soon going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. So it must be amazing. Do you get mm. people coming up to you telling you how much they love you and the show? That must yeah. be quite overwhelming as well, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, in, in Sweden, it's very easy to be known because people tend to be very cool about famous people. Uh, but um, it's a little bit different in other countries. But what really makes me so happy is with when someone with Asperger's comes up to me and talk with me. Right. And that happens quite often. And yesterday I had a very beautiful meeting with a woman. In London after, here? Yeah, after the screening. She came up to me and she said, thanks through the bridge, I realized I suffer from Asperger's. So I got my diagnosis just this spring. Wow. And you are the fourth person in the world to whom who knows about this. And I'm just so great, grateful. So they share really yes, personal yes. info. Did that make you cry? I think uh, almost. I, yeah, I just right. wanted to say, disappear all of you. We have to yeah, talk for it's an hour. Me and her down. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yes, it's uh, and I've had several of those kind of meetings, and that makes me so happy. Yeah. Aside from doing fantastic work yeah. in the acting sense and being that personal response, must be incredible, right? And it must yeah. make it all worthwhile in a, in a way. All the the leather trousers and the walking <laughs> yeah. around in the cement and all the rest of it, you know. Um, but that proves, doesn't it? I mean, I, we've spoken on this podcast uh, about the success of Nordic Noir, mm. so-called Nordic mm. Noir, in, in this country specifically. Mm. And I'm not going to ask you that again because I know that you've uh, answered that a lot in the past. Um, but specifically to the bridge, why is that? do you ever kind of sit and think, why was that so popular? Do, mm. do you ever think that? No. Of course. I think about that a lot. You, you mean the bridge? Why the, the bridge, bridge specifically? Yeah, I have so difficult, um, different um, 
answers to that question, some theories yeah. about it. One is that it was delayed. So the production built it really up a world that was an aesthetic world that was really something new and something interesting and, and dark and, you know, a world yeah. to go into. And then also it's so plot driven, even though the characters are so complex and interesting. Yeah. And the chemistry between uh, the main us, the main characters, and I think the humor yeah. That is a bit humor yeah. within this all this darkness. Yes, uh, all that mixture makes it maybe appealing S- to people. But also, I think that the characters are written and acted with the aim of getting love, right? And and, and with the very big loneliness, especially for Saga and Henrik, they are very lonely people, and that's something you can relate to. Yeah. You start to love people who, who share their vulnerability and loneliness. And you want them to succeed, right? Yeah. You, you would, I mean, especially with Saga, you would, come yeah. on, please yeah. find... You don't have to go to nightclubs just to sleep with no. guys and whatever. You know what I mean? Just yeah. We want you to find love. We want yeah. you to understand or make that step, that big step of opening up to someone because you will be loved. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I think that, that's the key with Saga. Mm. Um, so, but we are at the end and it's, I mean, it's kind of sad to say it, yeah. um, but you've been living with this character for a decade and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I'm interested, what did you, and again, you spoke about it a little bit, what did you think of Saga when you first read her on page yeah. all those years ago? And mm. what do you think of her now? Yeah, that's interesting. I I was very suspicious to begin with. I thought they were just trying to do another Salander copy right. or what do they want by this character? Elizabeth Salander, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is brilliant mm. and good and you shouldn't try to repeat something like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I was suspicious, very suspicious for a long while, time. And then I started with, meeting with Hans, uh, the director, Charlotte Sealing and Kim Bodnia and, and I fell in love. With the project um and i guess saying goodbye to a character is difficult especially so do you, sorry just going back to that do you like saga more you understand her now absolutely yeah. i understand her so much more and i i realized i i meet people in a different way now than i did before i started doing saga right right that's interesting because mm. you're an experienced actor actress mm. and you've done some fantastic stuff before and after or during the bridge, you know, in between. And no doubt you'll go on to be, you know, do some fantastic projects as well. But do you think Saga will really stay with you? Yeah, of course, since it's it has had such an impact, yeah. of course, it's, it, it's going to stay with me. And I also noticed when I've had time to do some things in between, uh, I had it, it it was a bit hard to get into that yeah, acting style right, right, to, okay. out of that acting style yeah, to yeah. my to to do other parts because it when you do it so much it yeah. can really like affect yeah. the work yeah. but and uh, it's interesting isn't it when a, an actor leaves a character they play for so long kind mm. of behind i had the good fortune of interviewing brenda blethen once who plays vera uh, over here mm. And she's been doing this, you know, she's been playing Vera for a long time as well. And she said to me that when she goes shopping, 
she sees clothes, not for her, but she thinks, oh, Vera would like that. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you get that slight crossover between you and Saga? And do you think, does Saga pop into your head and occasionally, maybe yeah. in your social situation, you think, what would Saga say here? Do, mm-hmm. do you get that at all? Oh, yeah. I, I use her when I have situations, complicated emotional situations. I try to use her way of analysing and being very concrete about things. That's so helpful. Yeah. It's really an advice. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. To, just to take a step back and just think about it rationally yeah. for just a couple of minutes. Um, so finally, Sophia, actually, no, one more thing after this, but um, I have to ask, do you have any favourite... I, I hate asking this question, it's a nightmare question to answer, but do you have any favourite saga moments throughout the, the four series? You mentioned one... Yeah, the last very night. last scene with Henrik was right. lovely. Yeah. yeah, it was lovely. Uh, and then I, I, I have some very funny moments that I like. That is my kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when uh, she has her m- new mother-in-law sleeping over and she's masturbating. I, yes. I think that's <laughs> that's just <laughs> very funny. Yes, um, we should end it there, really. But I've got one more favor to ask and... You don't have to do this if you don't want mm. to, but one I love Saga's little character affectations, you know, mm. the kind of little darts of the eyes, uh, little turn of the lip, or her the way she answers her telephone is fantastic. Mm. Would you mind saying that one more time for British listeners? With ple- pleasure. Okay, shall I do the phone noise? Or, yeah, uh, okay. Brr, brr. Saga Nerea Lenskrim Malmö. I think that's the perfect time to end it. Thank you. Sophia mm-hmm. Hillian, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Amazing stuff from Sophia there. And trust me, we will be trying to hunt down an original recording of Sophia singing that frog song. But in the meantime, we can't wait to see the final series of The Bridge, which starts on Friday the 11th of May on BBC Two. I'll be back next week where I'll be talking to award-winning Irish author John Connolly. In the meantime, you can find out more about A Stab in the Dark, along with articles, at uktv.co.uk slash astabinthedark, or you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Our hashtag is astabinthedark. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast app. Your feedback really does make a difference, so if you like the show, please say nice things about us. If you've only got nasty things to say, keep them to yourself. Oh, and just a quick reminder, you can watch the best crime drama every day on UKTV channels Alibi and Drama. My name's Mark Bill and thanks for listening.